Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. You have all made it to the dance. You have all made it, made it, Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 144. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And you know what I realized in doing this show for as long as I have? I don't think I revisit old guests enough. You know, I'm always out there looking to push in new directions and find new ways of bringing material to you and new industries and new walks of life and just new, 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 right? Well, I've got a very impressive back catalog of folks that I have talked to over the last three plus years. Why am I not revisiting some of them? Well, you know what? Let's rectify that a little bit with today's episode. That's right. 144. We've got Gabe Sherm. He was originally episode 13, and at the time, we talked about some of the things that he had done, his career in radio, his time on Travel Channel show Five Takes, and then walking the Camino de Santiago. Well, since then, I mean, a lot can happen in three years. He's left the realm of traditional employment, which is always exciting. He's out on his own. He's making it happen. He's being an entrepreneur. In his words, and I don't want to step on the episode too much, he is working less hours and making more money. That's the dream, right? I mean, that is the dream for so many of us. And Gabe's making it happen. He's made it happen in less than 10 months that he's been in business for himself. He's also working on another book. It's called Finding Tiger. It's coming out October 1st. Very excited for that. His Camino book, Sunrises to Santiago. I'm pretty sure that's the name. And I don't have my phone in my pocket. And I've got like five minutes to record this intro before my kids wake up. So Sunrises to Santiago, I think it is. But I did an edit on that, and he's just a terrific writer. He's got a great voice. He's got a lot to say. And given his background in radio and our friendship, and it turns out, I didn't know this going in, but I was surprised at how much we actually have in common. We both hate when workplaces force a culture on you. We hate when you have to do things outside of work together, which some people love that. Some people, that's why they go to the jobs that they go to. It's for that culture. It's for that sense of community. It's to be together. I don't want just a job. I want, you know, a community, a culture. I want to feel it. I want it to be immersive. That's not for us. You know, if that's your thing, that's great. And if you're working for a company and you're trying to build that and contribute to it and shape it and mold it, more power to you. Just please don't make me or Gabe participate in it because... We're not wired that way. We just want to do the work and then move along and go somewhere else and, you know, broaden our horizons and be with other people. So not to say that either way is right or wrong. It's just how some people are wired. And I think Gabe and I were surprised at how much we had in common. But, you know, that's what this podcast yields sometimes. You find connection in unexpected ways. And Gabe and I have always been great friends. We've always gotten along. We've always had a very easy rapport. I mean, we don't always agree, but we certainly connect. It's very easy to get together with him because... We both have lots to talk about. We're both 
I fancy us interesting people, and I think that comes across. This is a very brisk episode. We kind of wrapped it up in about 40 minutes, and and maybe that's a byproduct of both of us being very, very busy. Who the hell knows? But 40 minutes, we were in and out. That's about the length of today's episode, once we get past this little intro. Speaking of intros, and speaking of entrepreneurs, I'd like to give a shout to 4 Degrees. They've been with this show since the beginning, and it's one of the ways that... I was able to get this show up and running and have it go and be such a success right out of the gate. That's not to say I had tons of listeners right from the get-go. I certainly didn't. But they provided the infrastructure and the backbone that allowed it to grow. And I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to worry about extra bandwidth or I didn't have to worry about technical problems. How am I going to solve these? Four Degrees had my back from the very beginning. So give them a shout. Look them up on the web. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. They built my website. They designed it, they provide the hosting, but they do so much more. If you have a campaign that you're running, if you have a candidate that you're looking to get them in front of their constituents, if you have a product, a service, uh, a restaurant, whatever it is, Four Degrees will put together a marketing and an advertising plan that reaches the most people possible. And not just the most people, but the most people who matter, the people you are most likely to convert into real business. So there's a value proposition attached to what they do, and it's fantastic. So go on the web, see what they're all about. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Okay, back to this week's episode. Gabe Sherm is my guest once again. It's his second time on the show. And one other thing that bears mention here, because I think it's instructive, and it's not something we always get to talk about, Gabe is good enough to share a couple of the startup ideas that he had that didn't go anywhere. You know, they can't all be winners. And so we talk about some of the places where he put in some time, some sweat equity, some money, and ultimately had to kill it. So for those of you thinking of making the leap, no one is a success right out of the gate. You know, there's a lot of false starts. There's a lot of times where you go, I don't think I can do this. You know what? You dust yourself off. You keep going. It's like they always say, it takes 10 years to make an overnight success. And so Gabe and I are walking testaments to that. I personally have never felt better. I have never seen Gabe happier or just with more light in his eye. And that's a joy. As someone who's a dear, dear friend of mine, it's great when your friends succeed and when they're doing well. So let's get to it. Enough from me. Episode 144 is Gabe Sherm. He is a writer and an entrepreneur. His episode starts right now. Uh, I typically start at 6 a.m. You, do you just roll out of bed and yeah. start working? Yeah. Really? I don't have to use a, a uh, an alarm clock. I just always wake up on the dot at 6 a.m. <laughs> Even when I'm on vacation, 6 a.m. I get Dude, up. if you have kids, you're going to be great. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like my kids are up and ready to go. <laughs> And that's so tough in the morning because yeah. like they're on, dude. They wake up like little CEOs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh they're like, Hey, what are we doing today? Where are we going? How about some breakfast? You're like, Oh God. Really? Like <laughs> I need my coffee. Yeah. Well, see, okay, that's the thing though. Like, I'm not a big coffee guy. Mm-hmm. I I like the taste of coffee, okay. But my favorite tweet is I was tired, so I drank a cup of coffee. Now I'm tired and anxious. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like caffeine doesn't work that way for me all that well. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's tough. You coffee guy? Oh, it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah, take it? Yeah. You need yeah. it every morning? It will. Yeah. Yeah. Do you drink it throughout the day? No, no, okay. I limit myself. I used to, but I, I figured that was probably bad for my health. So it could yeah. be. I had a boss who used to just like drink it all throughout the day. It would be like three in the afternoon. Yeah. And he'd just pour himself this like cup of coffee. And I'm like, how long has it been sitting there, like in that <laughs> pot, you know, like at the office? And, uh, it made his breath just awful. Yeah. I don't know what it did to his health, but God, his breath was terrible. <laughs> My grandma, uh, famously stopped drinking water. All she drank was coffee. <laughs> she survived for like 20 years. It's amazing. <laughs> just coffee? Like, just coffee. Really? 100%, nothing else? Nothing else. Oh my yeah. God. That's it's amazing. terrifying. It'd be like 9 p.m. Give me a, give me a, <laughs> give me a, a new pot. <laughs> Time for a cup of Joe. Yeah. Jesus. Dude, that's madness. Yeah. So you just get up and start doing it? Yeah. Yeah. 6 a.m., wake up on the dot, uh, go to work. I love it. No commute. Yeah. But it's amazing to me. You don't like get yourself together or like, you know, watch the news or something. No. Like, no just there's no right getting at myself it? together. I just look like a homeless gypsy. Well, thanks for dressing up yes. today. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, I, I was like, I is... got a shower today. <laughs> I mean, I know this is radio, right? but uh, Gabe Sherm, this is your second time on the show, mm -hmm. which is amazing. The first time we talked mostly about Camino de Santiago, I think, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, both the journey and the book that you wrote, which came out, when did that come out? Uh, June 2015. Um, and you were one of my very first shows. You were like one of the first 15. Yeah, that's which, awesome. <laughs> broke the mold. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I mean, the ostensible reason we're getting together is... You got another book that is coming out or came out, right? Uh, October 1st, yes. October 1st, it's yeah. coming out. What is this one? Uh, this one's called Finding Tiger, um, and basically it's a, it's a novel uh, this time. Last book was nonfiction. Right. This, this book is fiction. But basically the main character, his name is Atlas, takes place in Colorado and Spain. So write <laughs> what you know. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Right. Um, so the main premise is this main character basically meets this girl in a coffee shop, uh, gets her contact information, one of those lightning bolt moments. Uh, I need to get to know this girl better. Loses her contact information because that's the kind of character he is. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, his parents have passed away uh, in a in a tragic accident that he blames himself for. So basically, his grandfather is his dad. Okay. Uh, stand in dad, um, and his grandfather uh, is pushing him to go take a chance on something you think is worthy of taking a chance on, hmm. even if it's nuts to everybody else. <laughs> right. So basically, Gramps buys him an airplane ticket to Spain to go find this girl. Uh, all he has is this guidebook she left in the coffee shop uh, with tiny little clues that he has to follow okay. uh, to find her. Um, and he goes through Seville, uh, and he goes to Granada, and he's looking for this girl and has an adventure along the way. Wow. There's a nice twist at the end. So, all right, yeah. Well, uh, it's it's funny because I think the choice of saying there's a twist at the end, mm -hmm. uh, obviously an intentional choice by you. But yes, when people tell you that, do they go? I don't know if I want to know that there's a twist. Or well, I, I I like to mention it just in case you think the book's over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to, as you you know, it's a good page turner. I, I did well, that intentionally. You know, I used to work in a radio. You have a teaser. You, you want to keep right. people interested. Uh, and I like books that keep me interested. Well, sure. Um, so it gets towards the end, and you kind of think the plot is wrapping up, yet the last chapter has okay. sort of a bombshell in it. Well, dude, okay. One thing I got to say is 
people don't think the book is over. People tend to know the book is over. Right. Cause right. You get to the, right, you get to the last page, but you know, if you're ADD like me and you tend to be like, I'm done reading this book, uh, know that there is a nice nugget at the end. Who yeah, is, who yeah. is like that? I've never, uh, me, no, me. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah, like you'll, yeah. uh, okay. There's, I gotta see there's it one of two people. You either have to read a book all the way through or you're the other type that, okay, I'm done with this one. On to the next. Okay. And I am of the latter. <laughs> So know thy audience, right? Yes. Know thyself. Yes. Uh, that's too funny, dude. Because, I mean, as far as books go, like if I'm going to check out of a book, it's going to be earlier than like with one chapter to go. Sure. I mean, if there's one chapter to go and I've, it's been sort of a slog, like I'm going to drag the broken leg across the finish line, <laughs> man. Like that's, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. One of my favorite books, I think I lent it to you. Uh, I don't know if you've read it yet. The Hike. The Hike. Yeah. I have it on my <clears throat> shelf over there. Yeah. And uh, I knew very little about it going in, but he started retweeting the people who would say nice things about it. And a lot of people said, wow, you really stuck the landing on the ending. Nice. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I'm kind of glad I didn't read that before like, I got into the book. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, I'm gonna like I'm gonna be trying to figure out this ending. Do you worry about people trying to figure it out or are are you encouraging them to sort of figure it out? I don't think they will. Okay. I don't think they will as they're reading the book, which is nice. Okay. And and uh the ending, uh it either will stick it or it will <laughs> will not for you. Uh but uh yeah, I don't think people will figure it out as they as they go. It's sort of one of those things like the main theme throughout the book is what I hope people will get from it as opposed to the ending, which, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like life, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's about the journey, not the It's about the journey, (laughs) not the destination. But, uh, I mean, uh, one of the ballsy things about it is uh, you're self-publishing this, too. You Mm -hmm. self-published the Camino book. Yeah, I did, yeah. Right? Yeah. And did that do well? I mean, did you turn a profit on it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it did really well. Wow. Um, And uh, when we first did our first Mm -hmm. interview on your podcast... I was still doing a traditional job and, mm-hmm. you know, holding that down, but it did well so enough. So was I. It, and so were you. <laughs> and so it did well enough for me to be able to just make that leap into other things and, and doing my own thing. So, so the yeah. success of the book facilitated the leap into sort of the entrepreneurialism mm-hmm. that you're doing now? Exactly. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. It did yeah. that well. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. I just did an experiment and gave myself a chance. Um, people that are interested in walking the Camino de Santiago have really got gravitated towards the book and okay. you know, I've gotten some good response, got some good press, uh, yeah. such as yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah you, but, uh, it, you it, it well. hustled it though. Oh, I hustled hard. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which is good. I mean, so many people, and I remember, I keep thinking about this interview I just did with this guy, Alan Brooks, who people will come up to him cause he writes graphic novels. He writes comics and stuff and people will be like, you know, I got this idea and he goes, great. Go write it. Go do it. Yeah. And some people are like, well, I don't know. I got to do this first and I got to do some more research. And the story he told was, I think I need some business cards first. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Just get a business card. That says writer that, you know, yeah. that makes you a writer. Yeah. Um, but the thing is like you did it. Yeah. Which puts you, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, with the podcast, with the things that I do, I mean, Mile High 100 was just recently, getting it across the finish line and getting it out there, mm-hmm. you're ahead of like 80% of the people already. I think I saw a graphic or a statistic that 80% of people say that they want to write a book someday, <laughs> and 10% actually ever do it. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're right on. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know that I want to write a book. Yeah. I, I, that, that just that doesn't feel like the thing, but I'm creating lots of things, so that's yeah. not like something that... I'm, I'm like harboring. Sure. You know? 
And the thing about it is, and I don't know if you found this, but making the leap, once you've done it, it's a lot less scary in retrospect. You're oh, like, yeah. What was I so afraid of? Totally. Your life is just so much better for it. Yeah. Uh, funny story that I, I don't think I've told many people. I told this to you. We were hanging out the other night having dinner. And uh, I actually did uh, an edit for you on the Camino book. You did. Yes. Yeah. And so I print, you gave it to me in like heart, like printed out dead tree form. <laughs> yes. And so I had it and I was, I was going through it and it was right when I was about to get laid off from my corporate gig. And so I, I would sit at my desk and like, you know, when you're getting laid off, right? Oh, yeah. Like you can feel it. Like the run up to it is long and boring and torturous. <laughs> and, uh, so I would sit at my desk and I'd have your manuscript in front of me. I'd be making edits, you know, like crossing this out and writing this and making notes. So anyone walking by, I'm not like on the internet. I'm not on my phone. I have these papers in front of me with like a pen. And they're like, wow, he's really working hard. <laughs> that guy's busy. Yeah. He's uh, wow. He's making it happen. He's deep in that. And, yeah. I'm, and it was a great way to to kill a few days yeah. because i mean to, like to read a book and to offer feedback on it yeah. it's a different type of reading that you're doing you have to read it very closely and you know mm -hmm. you have i don't remember what the one grammatical thing was but it was one that you used a lot and used incorrectly so i yeah. remember circling that like over and over again. yeah like 200 <laughs> times and i'm like god yeah anyway yeah it was really helpful for me as i was getting ready to make the leap myself yeah which is funny so yeah. thanks for that yeah the great thing is I, I feel like um, now more than ever because of technology, there aren't, aren't as many gatekeepers. So, for right. example, I didn't traditionally publish. I didn't even think about doing that. I didn't even try to do that. Because, like you didn't try and get an agent or no, like this go is, to a house or anything? For me, this is a long-term plan. This is, you know, as a, as a writer, you, you don't get rich overnight. It's a 10-year plan. You know, I'm going to have several more books I'm already working on coming out. Good Lord. Um, but there's no gatekeeper anymore. You don't have to go to the traditional publisher. And if they don't like you, even if you're a talented writer and they don't see that, then you just don't get published. Now you can. With podcasts, same thing. A radio, right. a radio host doesn't have to have a station anymore to a, I got to know somebody or, you know, right. which is a lot of the radio world. Um, yeah, or I got to go in and work, like yeah. set up the tent, like outside right. of PetSmart, right. you know, for like five years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can do the show you want to do and right. get it out to people that enjoy that in that community that you're targeting. And you hustle it. And you hustle. And yeah. the more you hustle, the better you do. So yeah. what's, what's funny to me is, so you've made this leap and you've been wanting to do it for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean... It, I could, I could feel it like radiating out of your bones, like just <laughs> because I was the same way. Like, yeah. and I, I was talking to my dad recently and the thing that was so frustrating to me about being in a corporate job was I felt like I was wasting my potential mm -hmm. because I had all these things that I wanted to do, but you have like this yard mm -hmm. where you're, you're chained e either mentally or sort of physically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, no one's got like a shackle around your <laughs> ankle or anything, but it feels that way. Oh Yeah. For like eight, nine, ten hours a day, and then you have to do everything else on the margins, and you feel like you're not paying heed to that in the way that you want to. Oh yeah, and it's so frustrating. And then yeah. once you're out of it, you're like, I cannot believe this is my life. Yeah, like I cannot believe this is how I get to live. Who is letting me do this? Yeah. And there are times I think of this one story. I don't remember which gig you were at, but there was someone who had the office or the cube next to you who just really got under your skin. Mm -hmm. And I think about you saying, like, she'll be sitting there and she'll be like, do you guys do this back lotion? <laughs> yeah, back lotion. Yeah. Do you, do you I know hate who I'm... that. Yeah, it seems like a really small thing, but 
every time I got asked stuff like that, I just wanted to leave so bad. Even if, and I really enjoyed the last, many of the companies I work for, even if you enjoy that, even if your yeah. prison is the most beautiful, spacious, amazing place ever, yeah. it still felt like a prison. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me about back lotion, please. <laughs> And uh, like the voice and the look on your face, I'm like, oh, that is so funny. <laughs> like that is so much vitriol. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's in a dark place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I could, I could relate to that too. Yeah. But so the book was the jumping off point for you to sort of escape. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the right word to use. Yeah. Escape. Yeah. But that's not all you do. I mean, you said it takes a long time to make money as a writer and yeah. books don't come overnight. You know, no. it's not like writing blog posts. Yeah. So what else are you doing? Because presumably you're supporting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely supporting myself. So yeah, I've had this conversation with myself many times. Okay. What do I call myself now? Because I'm not really <laughs> pigeonholed into a, right. you know, am I a jolly good fellow? Uh, you know, like the dude at Google <laughs> that gave himself the, that name or what am I? So I've, I've just settled on writer entrepreneur slash entrepreneur. Nice. Uh, so that, you know, I've started several different kinds of businesses. I like to experiment. I love starting businesses and seeing what works and, and it's easier than ever to do that online. Before um, before we get to what you're doing now, mm-hmm. I think that's instructive because not everything that you've done, not everything that I've done has bore fruit. Mm-mm. You know, uh, I remember when we were doing this, you were you had just gotten the logo and we talked about how the original logo looked like two guys jacking off a yes, hammer. I remember that. <laughs> so that's great feedback. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Uh, yeah, for an app I was trying to start. Yeah, for yeah. Toolshare. Mm-hmm. And th- that didn't go anywhere, right? It didn't go anywhere. No, I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. I launched and it. And some money too, right? And some money into it. I launched it and no one signed up. Oh, I mean, there was just a few users and I didn't have the capital to do the full on tech company launch, right? Venture capital, all that stuff. Right. You didn't go for any like series A funding. No, no, I just tried to launch a good idea in Denver and it didn't work. Wow. Uh, so I, I killed it (laughs) after a few months and stopped, stopped doing that. So how did that feel? Like, was that tough to take? It was really tough to take. It was one of those interesting things, you know, if you ever hang out with me, I'll, uh, I'm always have some crazy new idea or something that I'm working yeah. on. Uh, I think that's why we get along. Yeah. Yeah. And so this idea, a lot of people said, that's a great idea. You should have an app where people can share hammers, saws, things that you need and don't want to like buy. Weed whackers. That yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I want to blow out my air sprinklers. I need, I need a, I need a, uh, hot air blower, whatever that thing's called. Obviously I should have known more about tools. (laughs) Um, but, uh, perhaps a limitation. Right, right. But basically, uh, that was, uh, something that basically, uh, just didn't work. Everybody told me that's the greatest idea ever. I will totally sign up and proof of proof of concept didn't, didn't go anywhere. So that happens sometimes when people are really enthusiastic about it and you, you try it out and it is what it is. You knock on a lot of doors, some will open and some will slam in your face. I go back to listen to early episodes of this podcast and n- not listen to the episodes, but uh, at one point I went back and looked at the stats and I go, oh, fat, 24 people listen to that episode. <laughs> I go, jeez. Right. And like, if if you focus too much on that, it will prevent you from doing other things. So oh, yeah. a lot of times you just, you either got to put your head down and push forward or just kill it. I mean, which is what you did with Toolshare. Yeah. yeah. You got to do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember we had that entrepreneurs club. I know I couldn't make the meetings cause I had an infant, but I mean, 
that that was another thing where it's like okay let's get these people together and for whatever reason it just it didn't seem like it clicked yeah yeah we tried that for a while it was good i mean i I tried to start an entrepreneur club just to have some sort of you know if you start working from home you're doing that sort of thing or starting businesses it's nice to have somebody to talk to and instead of just being in your own head uh, hey, what do you think about this? Uh, have you ever experienced this type of, you know, problem in your in your sales funnel or you know whatever right. that might be? But yeah, people are busy. It's tough to get together sometimes, and and that just fizzled out a little bit, you know. So well, and you had a lot of people doing side hustles too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. And I was, I remember, I was just starting Deft, and when Deft started, it was, it, I mean, it went out like gangbusters. It was crazy. And the thing that was hard was I got my first three clients so fast that a few months later, you know, when projects ended and whatever, I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And so I had to dig in. And it was weird that success came quickly because that presented me with a different kind of challenge because I almost wasn't like ready for the struggle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that was a tough lesson to to learn because it took me a while to, to figure out how to bounce back. Oh, absolutely. I feel that. So, yeah. <laughs> You're writer slash entrepreneur now. So what is the entrepreneur part? Like what yeah. are you doing to pay the bills? Yeah. So, uh, I started a couple companies. One, one took off. Um, so, uh, you started I do, a couple, a couple. Yes. The, the one that's working is you can't just do one. Can you? I can't. No, no. <laughs> Which is why crafting your own work is so great. You yeah. Know, my day is filled with a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. uh, ideas, things, you know, to pay the bills, writing, all those, all those things. But the one that, that works is called pause, click media. And basically it's an online pay-per-click advertising agency where we do, uh, campaigns and strategies, uh, for companies looking to do online advertising, uh, specifically pay, pay-per-click. So this isn't SEO. This isn't search engine optimization. This is cutting the line by paying for a click mm-hmm. on Facebook, Google, any, any gotcha. of those online advertising venues. Okay. So, yeah. It took off just like you were saying for deft communications, it, it took off quickly and one referral led to another person to another person who knew another person. And, uh, so that's definitely what pays the bills right now. Are you doing better than when you left your corporate gig? Yes. I work less hours <laughs> and I make more money. <laughs> that's huge, man. It's huge. It's like you were saying, you can't believe it. Once you do, you're terrified. Yeah. Oh, what am I going to do for health insurance? Yeah. You get it. You just online. go buy some. What am I going to do for <laughs> my retirement plan? You get a Roth or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many easy solutions to things that prevent people from doing their own thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. How long did it take you to start making more money? Once you left one month, one month, you Literally did it in the first month, month, the first month I broke my previous month paycheck. Wow. At my regular job. Well, I work for a nonprofit, so that's, okay. it's, I'm not making, you know, so the scale six a little figures, but, <laughs> right. but the scale's smaller, but still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I, I came out of corporate and so I had, I mean, by most measures, not compared to my peers, but mm-hmm. if we go down that road, I'm going to start slagging on my old company, which I don't want to do. <laughs> but uh, relative to anyone else, I mean, I was in the oil and gas industry. That industry pays very well. Right. When I got laid off, my goal was within three months, I wanted to be making more money. Yeah. And so that was a huge like chip on the shoulder thing for me. Yeah. And I managed to do it. So it's like, if you give yourself the chance to succeed, you will. Yeah. Like you, if you have the opportunity to bet on yourself and to rise to the occasion, you mm-hmm. really should take it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, one month, how did you 
go from launch. I mean, were you working this sort of behind the scenes? Were you trying to set this up like in advance of when you knew you were going to leave? Yeah, I built the built the website on weekends and and, and things while I I knew that I wanted to jump. Um, right. I just had to figure out when it was a, a calculated risk. Um, when to pull the trigger? Yeah, when to pull the trigger. So I had the website. I had I got my first client. And then, you know, the book sales were doing pretty good. So I knew I could pay my basic necessities. Yeah. And and then I just decided to jump and with the idea that, okay, if I'm putting all these hours I'm putting into my, you know, day job into myself, mm-hmm. then I think that's going to pay off. And it did. So. Wow. Yeah. How do you do, like, how does your lead generation come with this pay-per-click? Because, I mean, your entire world is digital at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from for my business or yeah. for a client? Yeah. So for my business, business it's, it's been nice. It's, uh, I started on some sites that refer clients to you. So, for okay. example, Upwork, uh, which is a, sort of a freelancer's site where you can do anything from digital assistance to, you know, pay-per-click. You're looking for whatever you need right. for your business. You go on to Upwork. And I found that was really good, and they, they fed me really great leads. Then I shut it down because I couldn't take any more clients, which is a great problem to have. <laughs> that is of um, the problems to have. That yeah. one's probably the best. Yeah. I tried freelancer.com as well. That was not good. That was for people looking for the cheapest person they could possibly <laughs> find, and it just wasn't great. That's America. You yeah. Know, you pay for yeah. it, right? Yeah. But Upwork seemed to be like legitimate people wanting actual good like, work. Like not... savvy professionals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Upwork was where it started. Um, then I shut it down. And then since then, it's just been referral. Wow. Which has been awesome. Are they coming to you or are you still having to seek? They're coming to me. I haven't, I haven't seeked since the first month. Seeked? Sought? I write books. Uh, I haven't sought. I know words. Yeah. I haven't sought clients since the first month. Yeah. Uh, wow. And so how many months has it been? Uh, it's almost, uh, October will be a year. Wow. So we're at like 10 months. Uh, that's very fast, Gabe. It's uh, really fast. And I would say that's somewhat atypical. Because my friend Zach, who was also on the show, who started Four Degrees, who's the sponsor of this show, mm-hmm. as well give him a plug right now. Yeah. But uh, he told me it was like three years wow. when he wasn't going out seeking business actively, yeah. where they like they start coming to you. Yeah. The phone starts ringing. And it's been weird. I'm at now two and a half years. And yeah, they're starting to come into me. But like I have... Do you have what you would consider like an anchor tenant? Yes. Yeah. Couple. As yeah. as do I. I. And someone told me that, and I, apparently that's fairly common business vernacular. But it's weird because like it takes me back to shopping malls, which are no longer really a thing. Yeah. But even shopping malls, even small businesses, pay per click, communications yeah. consulting, you have anchor tenants. Sure. And that's you know that covers your rent, that covers yeah. your mortgage and stuff. Yeah. And so I've had my same anchor tenant since almost exactly when I started, which has been really nice because from there, it's like almost everything else is gravy, which yeah. is great. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's also hard because your anchor tenant is tends to be a monster that mm-hmm. eats. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like they, they want to take more and more of your time, which is good and which is fine. Sure. But it's it's a tough balance because you want to do more for them because they're paying you the most. But you also need to limit it because you got to diversify a little bit. Sure. It's a tough balance as an entrepreneur. It's weird. Super tough balance. Yeah. And they become, yeah, it, it, you have to keep those people happy because they've been yeah. with you the longest and you know they're probably going to be with you the longest, which is a tough, tough balancing act for sure. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's mutually beneficial, but it's, it can get easy to take each other for granted. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, it, and it almost becomes like a marriage. Yeah. You know, this client I've had for almost three years now. 
it's like, I, I know what we're going to do and I have to remind myself to go, no, like we can't just do the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. I, I need to continue to innovate on behalf of them. Mm-hmm not just like as I'm approaching other clients and coming up with new stuff for them. You know, it's like that meme where there's a, there's a guy looking with his wife, like looking at a woman who walks by and she's like, why don't you look at me like that anymore? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> like a that great analogy, yeah. right? It's like yeah, that with yeah. clients, mm-hmm. you know, like brand new clients come by. You're like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, no, you've got one right here right. that has been loyal and that pays you a lot of money. <laughs> It's like, no, you got to look at them like that all the time. Oh yeah. Which is really funny. That's a really good analogy. (laughs) So what's a day look like for you? We started at 6am, right? 6am. You just spring out of bed. You're like uh, Jerry Maguire's agent or or his mentor. Remember (laughs) Dickie Fox? He's like, I get out of bed, I clap my hands (laughs) and I say, this is going to be a great day. Yeah. Is it like that? It is like that. It really is. God, I miss you. Yeah, it's great. We should hang out more often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wake up at 6am. Come downstairs. Uh, I brew a cup, of co- uh, you know, a pot of coffee, right? And then I get straight to work. Uh, that was one of the things that frustrated me about the regular, you know, eight or nine to five. Right. I I work best starting at six a.m. and I'm done by two or three. Wow. I'm done. Done. I can't be productive anymore. It's You're just, not good I'm in the fried. afternoon. I'm not good in the afternoon. Morning, it's quiet. You know, it's I have <laughs> no interruptions. No one's awake yet. And wow. I can get, I can bang out two hours worth of work, which used to take me eight hours at a, at a desk. Yeah. So yeah, I'll wake up, pot of coffee, get to work, uh, get, get a bunch of tasks done for all my, my, uh, click media clients. And then, uh, you know, after lunch, I'll hang out with my dog, who is my coworker here. <laughs> right there over Sleep, there on, the, on, on the bed. The job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then I'll write in the afternoon. So that's when I'm do my creative projects. I really enjoy it. It's when, uh, you know, you're in the groove, you're in the zone, you're doing something you really like to do. My current uh, book that I'm writing right now, it's, it's more of a, it's less serious. It's more mm-hmm. of a funny kind of travel adventure, uh, nonfiction book. And, you know, I literally will be in this house, right? You know, laughing at myself. Like, that is, that's a great line. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But that's, you know, and then I'm done at three o'clock or two o'clock or whenever you're done. And that's the day. And what? It's Miller time? And it's Miller time. It's happy hour. We live in Denver. There's so many breweries around. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. joke. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, because, I mean, your wife works in the school system. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you guys have the afternoons together? and Yeah. Usually. Usually we have the afternoons together and, you know, we'll, we'll do something fun or I, I like to cook. So wow. I'll do all that. And summertime, I, I have a garden out front. You know, I'm doing I'm doing old man retired things uh, <laughs> in my mid thirties. Well, what's amazing is so many people are putting that kind of thing off. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I wish I had more time for gardening, or mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd like to write a book. It's like you can, like, yeah. There, yeah. the the economy is not what it looked like five years ago, no. ten years ago, twenty years ago, mm. where it's like you can find these niches. You just, I mean, you have to be motivated. And I mean, the thing is. Not everyone is wired the way that you are, where you can get up at 6 a.m. and just no. get right to work. No, yeah. That's, I mean, that's certainly not for everyone. And the other hard thing is you got to stay motivated. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but ever since I left corporate, people are like, do you work more hours? And I'm like, in general, no. Mm-hmm. And that surprises them. And But what I tell them is I work much, much harder hours. Oh, yeah. Like when I'm, when I'm doing it, I'm making it happen Mm -hmm. and I'm dialed in, in a way that sort of being in working for a company will foster some, I call it flabbiness. Sure. You know, where you're just sort of like, yeah, you know, I'll get to it. Yeah. Um, 
they're still going to pay me. I'll, I'll get to it. <laughs> I got to be here every day <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. So it's like if I finish, if I'm the best employee that ever existed and I finish my work by noon or by two o'clock, I can't just leave. Right. Like they're not cool with that. No. Which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And I, the, the, the longer I'm away from it, the less I understand it. And <laughs> I think the harder it's going to be if I ever have to go back. Oh, I was thinking about that the other day. If I ever have to go back to a traditional job. Does it terrify it's gonna, you? It's terrifying. I hope I never do. Yeah, it, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it chills me to my core. Yeah. Like, I think about it and I go, ooh, like, ooh, reporting to someone. Like, yeah. And any time a company is like, we have a culture here. Or people like, I want more than a job. You mm -hmm. know, like, mm -hmm. I want it to be, I want to be part of a team and all that. Fuck that. I don't. Yeah. Like, I yeah. I really don't. I And I don't know what that says about me, but I'm just not wired that way. No. I, I want to do the work. Like we have this relationship. Mm -hmm. Let's get the work done and then let's live our lives. Yeah. Like let's, let's go our separate ways. I'm the same way when I, when I quit actually, um, uh, several people, like five or six people, uh, were very concerned, you know, you're going to be working from home, you know, and, uh, you know, you're going to be missing out on <laughs> I this. I love that. <laughs> you're going to be missing out on this community, uh, like you said. But to me, it, it, I think you're either of that tribe which is great for some people and people enjoy the social aspect of people fit yeah. yeah people fit in that i don't i don't at all it took me a long time to realize that that was the problem not the actual job sometimes right. it was that i just didn't enjoy that part of of working um you know sometimes it's fun but at, i want to be able to sit down and it's work time and i bang through the work and i get my work done in three hours and then the community is outside of work. So, yeah. you know, I want to be able to feel like after work, not that I want to go home and just sit on the couch as an introvert and I have to recharge. I want to feel like after work, I'm really ready to go out now and yeah. be social with the people that I love and my friends that have been my friends for since you and I have been friends since college. Yeah. So, you know, that's the community I wanted to focus on in that aspect. So for me, it is compartmentalized. Work is work. Right. And social life is social life. And I want to build that social community. But for some people, it's which is fine. Yeah. It's the other way around. Yeah. Some people don't uh, don't have a problem intermingling them. Which, no, no. And, and I certainly don't begrudge them that. No. Just don't make me do it. Right. Like, right. right. <laughs> I remember at my corporate gig, it would be like we'd have these offsite meetings. Mm -hmm. And... You know, we're having our meetings and like meetings. I just, uh, yep, exactly. Um, that's not where I'm productive. That's not where I'm happy. That's nope. not where I get energy. And nope. one of my bosses was very much like, get everyone together and let's all talk. Let's throw ideas on the table. Mm -hmm. That's how he got energy. Mm -hmm. And that's not right or wrong. It's just different from me. Sure, sure. And afterward, he'd, uh, he'd always say, all right, well, we're all having dinner at this place. Dinner is optional. And I'm like, see you later. Yeah. And so, I know that I created a lot of my own problems in the workplace, yeah. but in some ways I always felt like that wasn't fair either. Right. You know, because it's like, look, are we here to do a job or not? Yeah. Uh, can we just do that job? And all this extra stuff is really like, it, it's not germane to the mission. It's not germane to us being productive. It, granted, if we, if we all want to like each other in that way, that's fine. But God, like, yeah. no, just, I don't want to go have dinner with you. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you hit the nail on the, on the head. Uh, you just said there, like, I knew I was the worst version of myself. <laughs> 
at that job. Totally. I was a curmudgeon to be around. I realized that oh, I yeah. was the worst version of myself because I was always in a bad mood. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, you. It's <laughs> and it's like you grow to resent it too. Yeah, yeah. I resented the version of myself there. Yeah. I would come home like, what is wrong with me? Why am I such a jerk? Yeah. Why am I so unhappy all yeah. the time? Yeah. To me, I think it was the lack of agency. I mean, mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have agency. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, now I got agency just pouring out of me. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's a lot. Yeah. And there are times where I'm hustling. And this summer in particular has just been kicking my ass. Mm-hmm. It's like the first summer where the entrepreneur life, I texted this to Kristen as I was on my way up to this uh, county planning commission hearing okay. uh, that went from five to eight. Yeah. And I'm like, I was going to say this to you last night, but I forgot and fell asleep because I'm so exhausted. <laughs> but this is the first summer where the entrepreneur life has really been kicking my ass. Yeah. And it's weird because between my job, having two kids under three, the podcast, launching this nonprofit thing, like my hair is on fire all yeah. the time. And what's weird though is I don't think I've ever been happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so much work and I'm just, I'm beat to shit at the end of a day. But as I look back on the day, I go, you know what? I got a lot done today. Feels good. I feel really good about it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I I think about you, you've got, you've got all these clients. Thanks for taking time away from your clients. We're doing this in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Late in the morning, evidently for you, I could have come over earlier because <laughs> right, my kids yeah. were up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nine thirty a.m. Man, that's, yeah, that's it's late. like <laughs> it's almost lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. We're like a hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, you know, you've got this book coming out in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're working on. You said two other books. Or? Uh, current, yeah, two other books. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, one's yeah, one I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be. You know, you have the, the the novel's great. It's hard to sell a novel, especially as an sure. unknown, uh, you know, relatively unknown yeah. author. I mean, you're not I think Tom there'll be some cross sales. There'll be some cross sales from my first book, sure. But uh, the third book, I'm, I'm, uh, I think it's going to be the big one. It's that's that's the, the one, one? I'm, I'm, I'm banking on, like breaking in. I think it's really good. Why? So, Why this one? It's just I think it speaks to the traveler and and everybody. Okay. Uh, the dreamer, the the dream in reality can meet and mash and become hilarious when you're traveling. Okay, so. Uh, you know, I, I lived in Spain for two years. Um, and this is going to be the subject of the book and just the, you know, I lied on my application to get a job for the Spanish government. And (laughs) that entailed so many amazing stories that were terrifying at the time, but it just bred, it was, it was very fertile soil for content. It's not a memoir. It's more of a, have you ever read Bill Bryson? Uh, into the woods. Oh um, yeah, sure. In a sunburned country. Uh, I enjoy his work. He just basically goes on these crazy adventures and his writing is just hilarious to me. I I laugh out loud. It's, it's that kind of story. Okay. There's a theme in it, which is always in the, in the books, but it's, it's just a funny adventure travel story. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, man. Uh, and I know you and Amy are always traveling and I know she recently sort of made, I mean, I, I'm going to talk about her too much on this because she's not here, Mm -hmm. but I know she recently made a change where she's doing a little bit more entrepreneurial type stuff. She, she escaped the system that she was sort of felt confined in, you know, not fully living up to her potential. So I know, I mean, travel is a theme through everything that you do. Mm -hmm. So what travels do you got coming up? Yeah. So, so we just got back from Kauai, which is also a great thing. I worked while, you know, like traveling, everyone thinks, oh, you worked on vacation. That's awful. I, you know, I worked a limited amount of hours in the mornings before anybody else woke up <laughs> and then I went to the beach. So yeah. for me, it was perfect. So, but we just got back from Kauai to, to, did the, one of the big trails there hiking. Uh, and we were starting to talk about going back to Spain. 
again, uh, just to, just to revisit that place. That's almost feels like home. And then I want to go on a crazy trip. So we're (laughs) talking India, we're talking some things that again, I would, I would want to use for book content. (laughs) Well, yeah. And the, the funny thing about writing is too, and I don't know if you found this, but there, there are fallow periods of writing Mm -hmm. where like the well is dry. Yeah. And people are like, are you worried that you're not writing or are you worried that you're not podcasting? It's like, no, I'm going out and like, I'm filling the notebook. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm gathering some experience. I'm replenishing the well Yeah. because when it comes time to draw from it, I need material there. Mm -hmm. And so writing is one of those weird things where it's like, you can't, you need to write all the time, but you also can't write all the time. Yeah. Writing is really, really strange in that way. Yeah. So I remember I had three months after I shut down crew Jones society for good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't write a thing, not a word more than I had to. And it felt amazing. <laughs> it was like the first time in my life I wasn't writing. I like, I had to write for clients and stuff, but you know, writing for business is much different. Sure. And, uh, there was one day I remember I was in a hotel room in Elko, Nevada, and all of a sudden I got this idea for a blog post and then two more and then like five more after that. And I wrote the first three in like an hour and a half. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was off to the races again and I was just <laughs> writing. I just needed that time away. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you're traveling, it's, it's gotta be very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think our time in Spain is the, the garden of content that is in, in, in the fall, if that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. this, the last, the next book, the current book I'm writing will be the last word I say on the subject of that time in my life. Okay. Um, and then it's time to do some more traveling and, and have some new, new adventures. Yeah. So I can get some more content. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's time to harvest that content. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Okay. So this book that's coming out, mm-hmm. uh, finding tiger, finding tiger. Um, how can people find it? Like you said, it's coming out October 1st, right? October 1st. Yeah. So, so easiest, most people will buy it on Amazon. So just go to amazon.com, okay. put in, put in finding tiger. It'll be, it'll be there. Or you can go to my website, gabrielsherm.com. It's also on there as well. Yeah, it's just up for pre-order right now, and then October first, twenty seventeen, it'll be it'll be available. Okay. Yeah. Is getting something on Amazon tough, or is that pretty easy? Super easy. Yeah, it's great. And, and Amazon yeah. is a, it's 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 great. I mean, and they offer Kindle and all that kind of stuff. And, right. You know. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool, man. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I think uh, I think we'll wrap up. Uh, GabrielSherm dot com is where you can find pretty much everything about Gabe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to more travels. Finding Tiger, October first. And uh, continued success to you, man. Congrats on living the dream. Thanks for having me on. And that wraps up episode 144 of the John of All Trades podcast. Big thanks to Gabe Sherm for taking time out of his busy morning, which he started at 6, and I interrupted by showing up at 9.30. He's a great dude. He's killing it with his writer-slash-entrepreneur life, and I wish him nothing but continued success. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. That's my business. That's where I make my money. So go on the web and learn more about what I do that actually pays the bills. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. The John of All Trades podcast is on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, all great ways to keep up with weird content and just stuff that I like at J-O-A-T pod is the handle. Episode previews go up every Monday on Facebook. New episodes drop on Wednesday. They're available at the website johnofalltrades.us. All nearly 150 episodes are there for your listening pleasure. We're also on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. So search John of All Trades 
hit that subscribe button. You'll get fresh episodes delivered to you as soon as they come online. And while you're there, and while you're in a giving mood, give me a rating. Give me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. And uh, let others know how much you enjoy the John of All Trades podcast. It means a lot to me. We're award-winning Denver Westward Reader's Choice Best Podcast for 2017. Let's keep that momentum going. I'm back here next week with a fresh episode, so stay tuned for that. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.